That's because you're so far away. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Prosperity and Possibilities, where I help you to recognize the possibilities in your life and increase your prosperity, which, of course, is wealth and joy, because wealth without joy is not true prosperity. Today, I have a guest with me. His name is Asim Sahukan. He's in Australia. He's an author, marketing strategist, business growth expert, and investor. Asim has more than 20 years experience starting scaling businesses across several different industries. His creativity, simple marketing campaigns, and focus on internal systems have helped several of his clients more than double their seven-figure operations in only 18 months and be able to take a holiday from their business with no internet attached. Sounds pretty appealing, eh? Azim believes it's almost an obligation to help owners realize the full potential of their business so they can achieve the business owner's dream of financial independence and lifestyle freedom. His catch cry is reimagine your business, reclaim your life. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Hazim, also known as the Profit Liberator, who's coming to you from a very late hour, almost middle of the night, in Sydney, Australia. Hazim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Heather. Thank you very much for the introduction. And uh, yeah, it is it is late in the in the evening. Your tomorrow. Yes, yes, that's true. You're you're moving into <laughs> it, well, well. Technically, you're still on Monday. You're not quite. Yeah, yeah. We're just about to move into Tuesday, but that, but I am proof that future does exist because I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun speaking with people in Australia. Yeah, it is. We know what's coming. Sam, when I've spoken with you before, you have mentioned the most valuable thing you have. You want to share that with the audience? Yeah, sure. What, what most business owners um, don't value properly, Heather, is their, is their actual time. They're just so busy doing the work, building their business, and they forget to keep track of their time. So one of the first things I do when I work with anybody, whether it's a solopreneur or a multi-million dollar business owner, is to say, well, what's your time actually worth? And if you're somebody who's just starting out or you're a small business owner, the easiest way to think of it is two ways. One is at some point in your life, you probably had a job. So if you even go back, even if it was 10 years ago, it doesn't matter. So well, what was I getting paid an hour back then? And then there's your starting point. And then the other thing is if I had to employ somebody to do your work for you, so let's say it was going to be $50,000 a year or $80,000 a year or even $250,000 a year, what does that work out per hour? So to replace you, what is the value per hour? And that should be the value that you work towards. And that's the biggest mistake people make because I see so many business owners do ludicrous hours. And when you really work it out, they're probably working for like $2.85 an hour if they're lucky $3, you know? That's true. That's true. I have seen, uh, I, I've used the exercise before where you figure out all your different tasks that you do in the day and put a value on them. And that actually brings me to a point of something else that is an action taking step that the audience can use before you can put a value on all these things that you're doing, you have to know what they are. So as in, what would you like to tell them for advice on what to do? 
Look, it's a really interesting exercise because most people just like get up in the morning and just plow into the day. And then at some point in time, they go to sleep, right? So it's a really interesting exercise, which I do with all my clients, is essentially just get yourself a little pocketbook. And then it's not like a timesheet. Just every time you change it is what you're doing, whether you're doing email or whether you're um, doing your accounts or whether you're feeding the cat, it doesn't really matter. Just, just note down what that is and the change and do that each day for a week and then go through that list and then you can see what tasks you're doing repetitively. So, you know, you might be um, doing, chasing up outstanding accounts every second day or whatever. So when you find out what those things that you're doing repetitively, then you look at that list and you say, you know, and here's the big question, do I really need to be doing that? Is there somebody else that I could be getting to do that for me? And the rule I generally use is, if somebody else can do a repetitive job for, let's call it, make it easy, half the dollar value of what I'm worth, then you know what? You really shouldn't be doing that job. So if I'm saying I'm worth $50 an hour and I look at that job and it's just like going to the post office, I could employ a junior to do that job and for half as much time. And that's the thing is people will often spend their most valuable time on the lowest value things. And that can just turn a business around. Yeah, it's huge. I, I've spoken of it before with the 80-20 rule in business. Only 20% of what you do generates 80% of your income. Now, if you do your exercise and the advice I give, maybe we'll, instead of you, you get a choice of having it, okay, I'm going to work the same hours and my income's going to explode, or you can cut back on the hours, keep the same income, and, you know, like it, it's, there's a trade-off, time and money, yeah, but you have to absolutely. value your time. You know, one of the things that I talk about, and you and I have spoken about it once before, is, you know, I work on a business owner having a six-week vacation, like during a year, and people say, well, that's not possible. But the reality is, if you add it up, if you can find one hour in your day that you can get somebody else to do the work for you or even not do that, and just batch it all together. I had one client years ago that she found she was doing the same thing, like six, coming back to the same thing six times in the one day. And just by putting it together, she saved herself all this time. But if you can find yourself one hour a day, five days a week for 48 weeks of the year, so even give yourself a month off, that actually adds up to 240 hours. I don't know about you guys over there, but over in Australia, the average working week is about 40 hours for an employee. So that's actually six weeks of time that you've actually gained by finding one hour a day that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing that job or you're getting somebody else to do it for you or batching it together. I find a lot of people will actually do the same thing that if they just left it for a couple of days, they could go back and do it in one, two hour, you know, or even an hour, whereas they actually spent, oh, well, 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there. I don't know whether you know this, Heather, but there is a statistic that basically says that if you get interrupted from the task that you're on, it takes about 27 minutes to get back to that task. So just think about that, you know. I, and actually, I've, I've come up against that myself when I know I have a limited amount of time. Sometimes I won't even start a task because I know by the time I get into it, I'm going to have to leave it. And so there is 
a whole other situation coming up there. Now, when you talk about that six weeks, let me clarify for anyone, you mean six weeks unplugged from the business. Absolutely. And some people say, some people say, oh, well, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to be away from my business for six weeks because I love what I do. Well, that's great. But that's six weeks that you don't have to worry about the operation of your business. If you want to spend that six weeks making new relationships, or if you're in a not-for-profit doing more work, you don't have to worry that your business is operating for that six weeks. And we can talk about systems another time, but, um, but that's six weeks that essentially you could, and you know, when we do it, we don't say, well, let's take six weeks off in a, in a, in a month's time. We start it, you know, we'll have, well, why don't you take Friday off and I'll keep your phone and all that sort of thing. And guess what? The business didn't burn down because you weren't there for a day. And then you, you do it a little by little and you actually find out. And then my big question then is if you can do that for six weeks, then why not six months? If, you're, if your business is growing without you and you know, here's, here's the little secret, Heather, in a lot of cases, your business actually works better when you're not there interfering with it. <laughs> well, it's a difference between having a practice and having a business as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And for some people it's, it's difficult, you know, it's, it's difficult for a dentist to, take six weeks away from their business because they're the ones doing the work. If but you're doing time for money, it always is difficult. Yes. It's always difficult, you know, and, and that's, that's the balance. If you choose to go down, I mean, obviously you look at my father was a doctor and, and he was doing that. But then when you get into owning medical centers, you've got other doctors doing that sort of thing. So it really boils down to your mindset of, of, of what, what it is that you want and the career path that you take. And what's important to you. Because for some people, it's not going to be important that they have to them managing a lot of people would be horrifying and they would much rather just, I mean, there is, there are people that having that nine to five job, they love it. I actually, I had somebody ask me a question one day. It's like, how are things? And I said, oh, my boss is working me like a dog. I was like, oh, wait, I'm self-employed. <laughs> And we forget that, right? <laughs> we get to choose as a person who is self-employed. Remember, you are the boss. You don't have to be so mean to your employee who is you. <laughs> and, you know, and, but what often happens is when people are like, you know, your example there where you were your own boss is sometimes it comes down to setting boundaries too with your clients. And people are afraid to do that. But you know what? Your clients know that you're people too. You're a person too. And if you have to have boundaries like, you know, I won't take calls on the weekend or stuff like that, you just stick with those boundaries. And for most people, that's okay. And, you know, back to your 80-20 rule, if that's not okay with some of your clients, as I like to say, maybe it's time to free them up for new opportunities, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a much nicer way than, than, than the Trump version of you're fired. It's, yeah, I'm freeing exactly. you up for other opportunities. I love yeah, that. Right. <laughs> right? And Maybe. with the, the boundaries point, I had, when you started to say that, I thought you were going to say to set boundaries with yourself because that is partly what we're doing with this exercise that you came up with, right? Well, it is. You are setting boundaries for yourself because you're sort of saying, um, you know what, that piece of work that I'm going to do is actually not what I'm paying myself to do. That's a low value job that I can get somebody else to do it 
funnily enough, probably better than you can do it anyway, because that's the end. And if you think of it this way, if you're paying somebody high, high level money, like it, it, you have a CFO working for you, do you want them balancing the books? Like, are you, you're paying them this high amount? Do you really want them doing these like monotonous little tasks that you could pay somebody's minimum wage to do? Yeah. So remember that. And these are some great tips to Sim. I am definitely going to have you back on as a guest. I would love future. to. Was there anything that you wanted to uh, share on how the audience could get hold of you if they wanted to learn more about you or get in contact with you? I know you I work with self-employed self all the way up to large corporations. Look, I think, you know, if they just contact me through you, that would be the best thing for them to do. Right. And then we can have a chat with them. And, and as you said, you know, invite me back on the show. You know, I'd, I'd love it if we moving further along, we could actually open up to the audience when they send some questions in and we could I could come back regularly and, and potentially look at those things for them, like as a bit of a, a workshop sort of thing to, so that people get some actionable stuff from their questions. So that'd be fun. That would be awesome. So you heard him, everybody. You have to leave comments. There you go. So. As usual, thank you for being here. And if you would leave comments, you can go, there will be a link in the description or the show notes where you can get back to my website. And I always do a write-up to go with these videos and there'll be a place there for you to comment or you can just go to the comment form on my website and let us know what you else you would like to learn. Um, also hit that like or the heart, the subscribe. And if you're on a podcast, please go and leave a review. That is so important. If you realize that I'm giving you value, think about how many more people I can give value to if you help me to share this. And when you like, subscribe, share, comment, then the platform that I'm on will share me more. So thank you for being here. Aloha. I will see you again.